We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are three years, four months, and 30 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? It's your one day of the week. Well, actually, last week you had two days, and next Hello. week you're going to have two days. So yeah, today it's – well, th today – yeah, today, this week, it's it's your day. So Which it's all about – Which quite well. It has, um, and it was my fault that we're doing this an hour later. So how you been? I'm fine. Uh, just running, running a bit headless. Got a 16th birthday of a birthday party of a daughter tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, she only gets one of those, so you're gonna have to make it good, I suppose. Yeah, that's when too many people pile around your house. I'm not yes. a bar humbug yeah. person, and I'm not whatever, but <laughs> she chose to have her friends, cousins, around sort of thing to have a make your own pizza party, etc., etc., etc. And the one person in this house that don't really eat pizza is guess who? That Mwah. would be you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are a cordial host when you have people over to your house. Oh, no, no. That is one thing you have to be. You invite someone in, doors always open. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with food and talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Depends on what kind of talk these days, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. You try, you try to not politicize it too much. In yeah. fact, yeah. most people help you not to politicize it because they avoid every subject they can. They do. They it's do. It's scary. Uh, yeah. Marty and I were talking yesterday about how the joys have been taken out of everything. And we've kind of been discussing about where it's all gone, mostly since the advent of the last you know, three years. It's been kind of downhill and everybody's sad and nobody wants to you know see the positive side of anything it's tough it's it's really tough it's tough for people to do yeah i know that was the that was the idea of the james webb thing just to show people that yeah there is a little bit of light and darkness but um there was the yeah there was something that was gave me a bit of hope the other day because um my daughter's got a friend called sophie and it she has an unbirthday now because we took her to a place called blickland hall which is a um national trust place and she's always liked it. Uh, so when she has her birthday with family and whatever, she has it. Then she has an unbirthday, and we've got to go to Blickland Hall with her. And she's one of these people that has always had a phone with her and sat there and never let it go and whatever. And I'll tell you what, the pleasant change. I don't think she touched it. It was me, my daughter, and Sophie while the others were off for a walk and whatever. And she chatted, joked, socialized, didn't pick her phone up. And I went, it was a thoroughly, thoroughly really good day. And I went, wow, that is amazing. For a teenager, that was spot on. I went, 
Uh, and I noticed a change. I didn't say anything at the time or criticise it. I just soaked it in and it was really good. But afterwards, I did say something. I said, that was really, really excellent. Good path to take. If only more people would do it. Well, unfortunately, uh, more people are going to be forced to do to do it, especially the uh, the younger kids. They're actually banning these uh, these phones and devices and all kinds of distractions and things in schools across the U.S. At least it's starting. Oh well, yeah, they shouldn't have them in there. I no. mean, you, you're unless not allowed... of course, if it's like an emergency or something, then oh yeah, the phone has to be off when they go to school here. Oh, does but, it? I mean, I didn't know you I'll... guys had already done that. Yeah, uh, when when she went to, I mean, this is it at school. It's off. It's put on silent. They're not allowed to have it on in school. Hmm. Although uh, only on special circumstances or when things get a bit, because she's on the spectrum and if things got up to I've very rarely, but if I have got a text and I've questioned it and calmed it down and maybe turned up at school just to see what's going on, mm-hmm. far and few between, but they generally, once they get to know and manage each other as people, yeah, they're not, yeah, allowed, sure. they're not allowed to have the phone on. Hmm. Well, I I mean, I honestly, I think back to the time that I was in school. And of course, when you're in school, they didn't have these things. You know, this just no. wasn't even an option. And it was difficult enough to get kids to pay attention then. And I can only imagine what it's like now. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, growing up, if you thought about it, you didn't have phones at school. So the, there was a phone in the house. But a phone. If, it, yeah. <laughs> but but phone. if you were if you were talking to somebody or whatever, you made your own arrangements. You didn't want anybody ringing up the house. So the parents answered it and then gave you the third degree and wanted to know what's going on. Yeah. That's yeah, why you set times to call. Yeah, <laughs> call me between 4.30 like, yeah. and 4.45. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it was, you were so more organized and subtle about your life yeah, yeah yeah we certainly were but anyway it's one of those things i guess we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to relearn you know we're gonna have to do it the hard way oh somebody will reinvent it and tell you it's something new well that's okay that's okay kind of like what they're doing with disease x in your country they're reinventing <laughs> something and they're calling it new right oh yeah disease x yeah just wait for that but then the first alarm goes off when that demonic footprint that is left behind by Mr. Gates is involved, when you see that around, if anybody wants to look to the future and say and have an idea of what to do and what not to do, if Gates's footprint is anywhere near it, don't have anything to do with it because the simplicity of it all. I mean, it's when people say, "Ah, yeah, but um, didn't he? No, he hasn't invented anything at all. Actually, he's bought things. He's got people to do it for him." He's brought other people out. And actually, oh, he's, but he's a philanthropist. He's, he puts, no, actually, he puts your money that he's got off of you. And then he gives it back to you in such a way once he's made a lot of money. Because I must admit, um, when Davos, the Davos, we gave a warning. He was at Davos before COVID officially broke out in the world. In um, that was their quotes, obviously, that people couldn't see. In 2019, when he said, next year, I'm going to make a lot on vaccines. And actually, he didn't do too badly because in a nutshell, you could say he invested about 50 million, made 500 million, been in his shares and then bad mouth in the COVID vaccine afterwards. And now he's making another one. Uh, And guess what? Everybody who got a vaccine lined his pocket so you can call him a ph- philanthropist because he'll be reinvesting in you so you can have another one. How's that? Well, let's just see what the, what the implications of not having one of those are. I give you Exhibit A, Sky News from a few days ago. 
The High Street Pharmacy boot says sales of COVID tests have risen by a third since the start of July. So is the virus back? Well, let's take a look at the stats. And here we're relying on data reported by users of the Zoe Health app. Just under 790,000 people in the UK are estimated to have had COVID symptoms as of the 29th of July. Rates are currently highest in the southwest of England, with an estimate of between 931 and just over 1,600 daily new cases per million people with Wales not far behind. They're lowest in Yorkshire, with somewhere between 328 and just under 1,100 new cases a day per million people. These are huge ranges, so there is uncertainty of the actual number. But let's put that into context. This charts the roller coaster of reported infections going back to November 2021. And here's the recent uptick in cases, but that's dwarfed by the really big peaks of Omicron in the early months of 2022. The recent rise in cases is mirrored by a 46% increase in patients testing positive when they're admitted to hospital. So why are COVID rates up now? Well, waning immunity will play a large part with less virus circulating. It's many months since many people have had an antibody boost from infection. It's even longer since most had a dose of the vaccine. Last autumn, everyone over 50 was urged to have a booster, but uptake was just 40% in people in their early 50s and 52% in those in their late 50s. It's only when you get to the over 75s that uptake climbed above 80%. The over 75s were also eligible for a booster in the spring of this year, with 70% taking up the offer. So their protection against serious infection is likely to be holding up, but protection in the rest of the population is falling off COVID is here to stay. And with the wet July forcing us to huddle together indoors, the virus has seized its opportunity to spread. You see? What a, it's a, a <laughs> I, You look at that it's, graph, yeah? yeah? And the biggest spikes were, hang on, after the vaccine was given out. Right after that, yeah. Yeah, right after that, everything went through the roof, yeah? Because everybody became more susceptible to it and it went through the roof. So... It's not a vaccine, people. It doesn't cure you. It doesn't stop transmission. It doesn't do anything that actually affects your immune system and makes you more susceptible. Don't take it. And I think it's evil what they're doing, giving it to the elderly. Uh, that is just disgusting. Yeah. Well, I think they're just they're they're placating, especially on that generation. They're saying, "Look, you know, you're older. You've got underlying conditions, whatever that might be, and this is in your best interest." And, the, and that is what they die from: their underlying yep. conditions. Yeah. Yeah. supposedly and well, this call is it the COVID. problem yeah yeah and uh, it's all a statistical wipeout and it's just continuing covid he, he, the one thing he said is covid's here to stay covid was created from the common cold right we created it as a species whether the strain that was out or deliberately released or accidentally released or whatever you want to do they all know that the the bat didn't make anything out of this unless his name was Gates, and uh, it's here to stay. The common cold, you don't hear anything about the common cold anymore. It's probably got similar symptoms, I'm afraid. So when he says, oh, symptoms of COVID, think about what they call symptoms for COVID, and you will find that there's a variety of other things that have the same symptom, yeah? They just want to scaremonger and make more money out of you. There is no point getting anything for COVID. It's a virus that will mutate as fast as the common cold, you cannot get a vaccine for it. It's scientifically written up if those people want to go and see it. And it's here to stay. 
So the best thing you could do is live with it, get your herd immunity, and as another one comes round, go, yes, so what? And carry on. You know that they're going to be bribing people even more the second time around as what they did in the first one. Do you remember all the bribes they were they were doing? You know, you get oh, free it's... beer, free free donuts, Krispy Kreme donuts. I, I know you probably don't have those in the UK, but in the US, they were giving out no, free donuts. No, but we have got hot cross you. buns. You do, you do have the vaccines and hot cross buns. <laughs> this was from back in, uh, just, I pulled some of these just to, just to kind of, you know, give people an idea of, of where we were because, you know, we don't want to forget this, especially this. This was, at the time, mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, offering free Shake Shack fries and burgers. While, he, while he was eating, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with your vaccine. Free fries when you get vaccinated? Um, I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? These delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this? <laughs> let me let me check with Bill Needhart. Is it too early in the day to eat a burger? No. This could be breakfast? Okay. I want you to look at this and think about, again, some people love hamburgers, some don't really want to respect all ways of life. But of course, if this yeah. is appealing to you, just think of this when you think of vaccination. Mm. Really? Oh, yeah. Vaccination. Mm. I mean, <laughs> I'm getting a very good feeling. Yeah, I'm sure you are. About vaccination right this moment. Look, come on. Everybody knew that but too good to be true. And if anybody wants to give you something for free, there isn't such a thing as a free lunch. And once you take the vaccine, you're welcome to that burger and chips, mate. Yeah, because that wasn't a free lunch because you pay the price after that. How about you go and, and don't eat that junk and, and go exercise? <laughs> you know, do the do the healthy thing. You that know, the funny thing is, though. I'll, I'll bet that burger was made from GMO food and all. Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Just, it, it was just all a double whammy. Just yeah, a double whammy yeah, it people. Was all, it's all frozen stuff and they just get it in bags and they just reheat it in most of these places anyway. But yeah. Mm, go yeah, to New eat. York. And, oh. So in New York, you get burger and chips. Yeah. In New York, you got a burger and fries with a uh, with a vaccine. In the UK, you, one of your pharmacies was giving out uh, jelly beans after you got That's a uh, vaccine. Yeah. What I want to know is, for all those people who didn't get vaccinated, can we have the 6,000 quid instead? It's a good question. You know, I could really use Go that ahead. right about now, yeah. I could, I could make a lot of use to that, yeah. That'd go nicely, yeah. Instead of giving it away to Farmer this and Farmer that and Melinda this and Bill that and whoever else was amongst it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's just, he was walking around with his girlfriend, wasn't he, the other day? <sighs> was he? I didn't pay any attention. I, have you actually have you found out where he is? Last we saw, he was in China. Oh, no. yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, it was, it, this is like a couple of months ago. He was last seen with her because she's, a, is she a widower or a divorcee? She's about 62, isn't she? I don't know. I've not seen her. I don't know who she is. You're talking uh, about the, the lady friend of, of Bill Gates. Yes. I didn't know he even had one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's, they, that's, they're pushing it in. They're pushing it at the moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't so, know that. I'll see if I can get a photograph for you. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great because I I haven't seen that. I'm I'm sure I'm sure it'd be interesting to 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 just have a look at that. But <laughs> whatever, you know, to each their own, I suppose. 
so disease X, yeah, uh, they're saying mm-hmm. that uh, this will th- this will likely be some type of a. Uh, <clears throat> hemorrhagic, which Mr. Gates has been warning about. And this, of course, gives him free will and carte blanche to create his little germ teams and everything else that he wants to create that he's been warning about for several years. each government in the world has to put taxpayers' money to. Mm -hmm. Directly to him and his foundation, because they're the experts and they're going to create it, you see. Yeah, yeah. So these foundations, this is the problem. Foundations need to just be have the rug pulled out from them. Mm -hmm. They are just horrible. I mean, on top of that, people, if you haven't paid enough into his little funds and everything, him and Bezos want e-commerce to go tax-free. And nothing, I mean, somebody's got to end up paying a tax, and that means the person at the end of it that actually buys a product will actually be coughing up more if they get their zero tax on e-commerce. They're horrible people. I mean, how much money do you have to have in this world? He's got more money than what he could actually use in uh, but to openly say they're obviously money driven because to, to to say to people about their carbon footprint and push all this climate stuff and openly say that they can fly their jets because they've got enough money to offset their carbon footprint well that and they're again they're the experts you know they're how they're do the you people offset are... your carbon footprint that means i take no responsibility for my carbon i shift my responsibility where with money? With money, yes. So you you have oh, well. you have carbon credits that, of course, Al Gore owns that you're going to have to buy from him on the exchanges. <laughs> and then if you sin for your carbon <laughs> output, you know you can you can buy the offsets and and set it straight. So by basically, once they lock everybody up in their 15 minute cities and they can't yeah. go anywhere, right? They'll be carbon positive. So then they can sell their carbon credits to the rich. So the rich can do anything they want. But the people that are carbon positive just do as they're told. Uh, Yes and no. You see, there's a way around this. Um, you know all these celebrities like Gates. He's one of them, and and of course the the environmental activist that's world renowned, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Bono and all these people. They're they're all yeah. yeah the, these oh, people. Talk they, about DiCaprio. Sorry well, about that. Sidestep. Uh-huh. Didn't he didn't he do an advert for that Chinese e car? I don't know, but it would not surprise me. Nevo or whatever it was. I didn't I didn't know the Chinese had an e car. Ah, I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, just to put put a final point on this, and then you can talk about the uh, the e car. When it was written into the WHO, uh, whatever, or not the WHO, the uh, the UN Climate Accord or, or whatever it was, yachts are exempt. Oh shit, me. Uh huh. And they use quite. They use a hell they of a lot. use a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yachts are exempt, especially the grey funnel yachts that belong to the mm-hmm. military. Yes, those are going to have to be all electric. I'm sorry to say, but the the ones that yeah, the ones that Gates and the rest of yeah the ones that Gates and the rest of them have they uh, they're going to be belching out uh, diesel, you know, to get across the Atlantic and the Pacific. So yeah, with a big tray of fluttering money saying no carbon footprint, no that's right. carbon. Footprint. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm carbon neutral. I'm carbon offset. I'm Mr. Gates. I'm offsetting my carbon to help you and to save the earth. Aren't anyway, horrible people. Aren't they, they are. Yeah, they are. Oh, by the way, I need to make one correction. And I, again, I'm, I'm sorry. But since it's on topic here, we were talking about the WHO and their pandemic thing. I made a mistake when I told you that North Korea was on there was on the UN Human Rights Council. That was incorrect. The correction I I need to make was they were elected to the executive board of the World Health Organization. North Korea was. Oh, good God. Well, they're well well placed, aren't they? That is one evil. That is one evil 
mix of people. Yeah. So you got an advisor to Ted Roast now is is a North Korea representative. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the Chinese e-car. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, China, right? Because uh, I was briefly looking at um, the state of their economy, wasn't I? And I found out like their public debt was fifty-two trillion or something. Mm-hmm. Then you look into their the way they structure their economy, and the, the hardest thing is is uh, in the West you have all the stocks and shares markets and everything like that, and the Chinese government actually has such a control on that market of theirs. And they can do whatever they want. They can disavow somebody and pull them off the market. And the majority of the population don't seem to invest that way. And what they invest in, it seems, are those ghost cities you were talking about. Yeah. They actually invest in empty apartments. Yeah. They build entire, um, I don't want to say mega cities, but very large cities. No, there are cities of this. And some of them. Yeah. One of them is a really lovely looking place. Um, I think it's out of Mongolia and it's totally divert. There's nothing there. There's no people There's no and people. all these structures there. But what it seems to be is, is that that market, people are literally told if you buy an apartment, keep it for a couple of years, it's worth more than a couple of years and then you could sell it on and you will make money. And they seem to be in this ever creative cycle. Who was it? Was it Evergreen? What was that company that went belly up? Uh, ever, ever grand, I think. Evergrande? Evergrande. Yeah. yeah, they're they're Chinese. Well, there's that's another one, the one that's property. even bigger. There's another yes. one even bigger teetering on it at the moment. Yeah. Now this this cycle of this, I mean, there are uh, there's millions of apartments that are empty. There's millions of them. It's just amazing. And so this is how the people go forward. Because I mean, most of the people out there don't seem to have enough money. They have enough money just to get by in their own apartments. And their only cheapest option they can do is invest in these apartments, which they don't have anything. They're just shells. They don't have flooring. They don't have water. They don't have electricity. And they're told you, well, in a couple of years, it'll be worth more. That's the only way they can invest. And it's really strange because if you go to look at apartments, especially in the cities, the rent is seriously cheap. But if you want to buy it, it's extortionate. There was a chap out there. He had... A mortgage on one, which was something like 30000 a year or something or whatever. And the rent that he could get on somebody renting there was only about four to 5000 And so basically, the, the renting of them doesn't even cover the mortgage of them if you had one. I mean, like the economy is totally really weird. And when, when things die down, the government puts incentives in and it's really strange they seem to put incentives into uh buy your first one or get a second one and you and we'll pay your first year's mortgage and also and but when it gets top heavy they've even gone to the point of saying things like no couples can have an apartment so you had false divorce papers coming out then because people wanted to do all manner of things i tell you and it's i tell you what it's teetering because now they've made a ruling that these construction companies have a tier of three points to get up to if they want another loan and none of them meet that and these construction companies are so far in debt it's unbelievable yeah this is i know some of those pictures you put up are yeah, amazing yeah. these are all vacant by the way these yeah i are, know these are villas. i know i've seen them yeah yeah these are i about have 3, seen 000. some of those cities yeah 
Yeah, these are just in this the shot that I've got up on screen here for the benefit of the listener. There's about three thousand villas that are that have been constructed here on the outer lying part of one of these ghost cities, and all those apartment complexes behind there. Yeah, all yeah. those tower blocks, they're all vacant. They're all um, vacant too. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's just they they don't have an occupancy. You can't rate imagine it. You cannot imagine it. And we we scream about homelessness. <laughs> it's just the, the the complexes out there that are so available and they're just empty i mean you go there they're just structures yeah and what these they'll have, do these, there's no amenities here there's no, no water no, no electricity you know no. they are just shells ready when, to be sorted out yeah and when there's a problem as you said whenever whenever one of them starts to teeter what they'll do is because it's a command and control economy what what the chinese communist party will do they'll shut down trading they'll shut the stock market down for a day or so or uh, on a Friday, so they'll get the extra day. They'll go out and they'll level ten billion worth of properties, as in like they'll dynamite it, and then they'll say, "What properties?" When the stock market reopens on Monday, <laughs> what properties? Well, yeah, we didn't have any properties. this is the problem, and people stand to lose so much money. Uh, and the thing is, the the new company that's having a problem is called Country Garden Holdings. Country Garden yes. Holdings was that the Country villas uh, complexes we just looked, and at? it's it's bigger than the last one, and they are in serious serious. Debt because I think a lot of the holdings that um, were going to mature in January 20, 2024, like next year, the trade they were trading at twenty five percent of their natural value. So if anybody had any money in there, it's gone. It's out the window. And there's all these things. It was only about a month ago they were at eighty one percent, and now it's twenty five percent. And it's the bottom is dropping out of this. And I would really like to know how they're going to climb out of this and what nasty thing they're going to do. Because I don't know. I, I um, honestly don't know. Oh, yeah. This... Just just to let you know, you see all those apartments, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you realize that there are fields? Now, they did other things, right? I remember a while ago, remember the mountain of bicycles they had? Yes. They had mountains of, literally mountains of them. They yeah. do. Every now and then somebody comes out with a funny idea and let's cycle everywhere and be green and they give an incentive out so there's all these companies getting all these bikes and then all of a sudden the bottom drops out of it and there's mountains of these bicycles literally people don't understand if you want a green economy that is not green so much construction there's mountains of bikes in fact if you look you could actually find this because there are people actually filming areas in China now and they're getting stuff out and there's fields of electric cars. I heard about this. I oh, heard yeah. that, that they've oh, got yeah. electric they're, cars they're called, piling um, up. Basically, uh, yeah, I think it, they were called Netta and basically they've all got number plates and because of the government incentives to create these electric cars, the companies say they've been sold and for everyone they sell or whatever there's a government incentive and in one of these fields yeah there was ten thousand new electric cars rotting now let the cars rot i haven't got a problem but that's ten thousand sets of batteries if people want to think about green oh you managed to get a photograph that's a lot that's of cars it, yeah. isn't it that's is a lot of cars yes that is a lot of cars those batteries to actually get them you get the materials out the ground, like we said before, and the cause and effect to the indigenous peoples and these rare metals and everything, and then to have 10,000 cars just sitting there and rotting and giving it all blasé just to lie. Ecologically, it's a nightmare. What do they think about humanity and life itself? They treat it as a commodity. 
They, it's, it's just mental. And that is, that is interesting. Um, where did you pick that up? Oh, what's it called? China's abandoned EV gr- graveyard. Thousands of yeah, cars. This, they're right in huge fields. Yeah, there, they yeah. are. I've seen them. Yeah. I've seen them. Um, I'll send this to you. I'll send this over to you. Oh, I've actually seen something like that. Where have I seen him before? Stay awesome. That's his line, isn't it? Is I that don't his know. site as well? I don't know. I can't, who this I can't is. remember. This is, uh, this is insideevs.com where I got this. Yeah, no, no, no. He's he's done he, he does he's done a lot of stuff on China. He's done a lot of stuff, and he's actually got a friend in China, and they actually go around the place. He's very interesting. Some of the stuff they've dropped out of there. Oh, I'm sure. But those cars are just mad. That is those cars are just mad. And that's just yeah. one that we know of, by the way. I'd, yeah, that's I'd one venture field. to say ten thousand cars. More. Yeah, I'd venture to and, say there's more. Um, but the thing is, it's it's it, it's fine creating these electrical nightmares, which really are an ecological disaster but to actually just have ten thousand of them just dump them because you want to juggle money one way or another can you imagine what it's like on a digital system what will they be able to do then oh just yeah well well we're already getting a taste of that well at least uh, not not fully but we're we're seeing the results of that with their social credit system in china how they can Uh, digitally manage assets and people and that's just a joke i mean yeah China is bankrupt and corrupt, and it's just waiting. It's waiting to disappear down a black hole. And the people, they're just existing. Yeah. And sorry, if you've had a taste of life in the West, you really don't want to become part of that. No. And everybody, you're actually accepting it quite readily already. You've got to be very, very careful. And if you don't think it's going to happen to you, it already is. I think if they get that, that digital currency in, I think that's game over, quite frankly. We can't allow that. That cannot be allowed. Oh, it's quite incredible. I'll tell you what incredible the other... What was it? Um, I was... Oh, I can't say exactly what site I was on, but it was a government site, yeah? And I went to inquire about something and get some paperwork. Mm-hmm. And you know when they do these um, automated phone calls with voices and things like this, press yeah. this for this, press yeah, this for yeah, this. Yeah. And by the way, this could be recorded. Sure. And what was it followed with? Your private information that we hold already, we can do whatever we deem with. Yeah. Not, you know, look at our policy. It was just, we can do what we want with it. And it, I went, well, that's a nice thing to say. At least it was honest, you know. Well, not really. I mean, they weren't quite straightforward with it. They should have just told you, well, we're going to send it off to China. Well, you see, the problem is there should be a, okay, do I get a percentage, please? You know, like money back on me Nexa card or whatever they call them and things like that. You know, spend so much money, get some back. Well, have so much information and do I get something for it? Not even a free coffee. Bit of a joke, really. Indeed it is. All right. So you talked about uh, about the ecological disaster. Let's now turn to our friends in the Southern Hemisphere. Let's talk about Australia and New Zealand. Senator Malcolm Roberts on the climate change impact from the Australia Senate. I want to talk briefly about climate science because we've seen COVID science has been smashed. Earlier today, I promised to talk tonight on why the climate change cult of doom and their rebranding to climate boiling is scientific nonsense. Let me do that now using my favourite thing, empirical scientific data. Referencing a peer-reviewed paper titled World Atmospheric Carbon Dioxide, CO2, its 14C specific activity, non-fossil component, anthropogenic fossil component, and emissions 1750 to 2018, published in Health Physics Journal in February 2022. 
It's a long title, but it saves the fact phone calls from fact-checkers. This paper used cesium-14 to analyse carbon dioxide in the atmosphere across the period 1750 to 2018. After 1750 and the onset of the Industrial Revolution, the anthropogenic hydrocarbon component and the non-hydrocarbon component in the total atmospheric carbon dioxide concentration began to increase. Despite the lack of knowledge of these two components, claims that all or most of the increase in carbon dioxide since 1800 has been due to the anthropogenic hydrocarbon component have continued since they began in 1960 with Keeling curve increase in CO2 from burning fossil, from burning fossil fuel. The specific activity of 14C in the atmosphere gets reduced by a dilution effect when hydrocarbon carbon dioxide, which is devoid of 14C, enters the atmosphere. We have used the results of this effect to quantify the two components. The results negate claims that the increase in carbon dioxide since 1800 has been dominated by the increase in the anthropogenic hydrocarbon component. We determined that in 2018, atmospheric hydro anthropogenic hydrocarbon CO2 represented 23% of the total carbon dioxide produced since 1750, with the remaining 77% in the exchange reservoirs. Our results show that the percentage of the total carbon dioxide due to the use of hydrocarbon fuels from 1750 to 2018 in increased from 0% in 1750 to 12% in 2018. Much too low, much too low to be the cause of any claimed global warming. The fundamental basis of the theory of anthropogenic global warming has been found by analysis of atmospheric gases to be completely wrong. Nature, as I've said many times, controls carbon dioxide levels. Thank you. And he's very right. But just Thank for you the people, senators. You've, got, you've got to explain that anthropogenic means by us, all right? So when he was saying anthropogenic, that means by us. So basically... It was saying, yeah, we've caused maybe 12%, and the rest of it has been naturally up there. And by the way, all of it that's out there, if you go and have a look at your maps from satellites um, looking down on the Earth, you'll see that the world is quite greener because it likes CO2, and it's not a bad thing. It's all hype, and it's all about the dollar or the pound or whatever country you're in. Yeah, I shouldn't just put it on the backs of our traitorous cousins. It's quite all right, you know. But yeah. <laughs> traitorous? Who you call a traitorous? Yeah, I take offense to that. Yeah. <laughs> you resemble no, the remark. Yeah, you're right. No, no, you, you're, you are not far off, my friend. You say that it's all dependent on the almighty dollar. Okay, well, let's now turn to New Zealand. Who was that uh, strapping young lady that they had running that country for, uh, for horse a good head. number of years? Uh, horse, the one with a nice set of teeth. That's her, yes, <laughs> Miss Ardern, yeah. Well, you see, she wasn't just the prime minister of uh, of New Zealand. She was also the brand ambassador for BlackRock. And oh, yeah. it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so happens. She walked they, in and out of there on a regular basis. She did, yeah. Just so happens that there's a new incentive that's going to be taking place in New Zealand, and they're going to tell you all about it. New Zealand is teaming up with one of the world's biggest investment companies to try to reach the target of 100% renewable energy by 2030. BlackRock today announced a $2 billion fund to invest in Kiwi clean tech businesses. Political reporter Amelia Wade is here with more. Yeah, the government set itself that really ambitious target of reaching 100% renewable energy re, uh, generation by 2030. We're currently at 83%. That's thanks to our hydro dams and our wind farms. But that last 
17% is a real struggle. So we've got a long way to go in just seven years and it's going to be expensive. A recent estimate uh, put it at that it could cost $42 billion. $26 billion will come from energy businesses investing in themselves. So New Zealand mm -hmm. needs to find $16 billion of new capital investi that means investment. You're pay for Enter it. BlackRock. They've got the ball rolling with that first $2 billion, and it's being hailed as a world first. How's your first oh, yeah. started and with a New York meeting with one Prime Minister? has ended with a multi billion dollar deal with renewable electricity generation. For BlackRock, this is the first first time we've done a country-specific initiative like this. Worth about 16 trillion Kiwi dollars, that's more than the GDP of every country outside the United States and China, BlackRock is so big and powerful it's been called the company that owns the world. It has interests yeah. in almost every aspect of modern life, like our Pfizer COVID vaccines, banks, <laughs> social media and green technology. If you look at the investments we've made, made around the world, we've been investing in in uh, large-scale and small-scale solar. But then they also prop up the fossil fuel industry, civilian gun manufacturers and weapons companies, and are being investigated in the States for investing in blacklisted companies in China. Are you essentially using New Zealand to greenwash yourself? You get the next no, guy no, look, look, BlackRock invests on behalf of its clients. We give them choice. Um, this is, you know, we are not protecting ourselves against greenwashing here. The investment that BlackRock are looking to, um, to generate is predominantly from here in New Zealand. And they'll be investing in Kiwi clean green tech, all in the name of our 100% renewable electricity target by 2030. Everything is good when you've got a really good goal. <clears throat> So you need a goal to push things along. So it is important, I think. And I've got a feeling that BlackRock wouldn't have come if they hadn't heard that. A target which has an uncertain oh. future. Christopher Luxon was asked whether he thought it was a priority for New Zealand to become 100% renewable in its electricity. That's got to be our goal. News Hub later checked with National to confirm it would be keeping the 2030 renewable energy target. A spokesperson said that is not one of our goals, confirming it would be scrapped if they were to be elected. What we're focused on is making sure we can double the amount of renewable energy in this country, that it becomes abundant. Kiwis don't want to be part of a global corporate experiment to be decarbonised. The government's renewable energy vision and our very ambitious targets around 2050 clearly have played a, a, a role in making New Zealand an attractive place for them to invest. Net zero emissions by 2050 and 100% renewable energy by 2030. Pretty big targets now backed by some pretty big cash. Certainly a lot of cash there, Amelia. So what has the government Rebellion. actually done here? Essentially open doors. So this process all kicked off with Jacinda Ardern having that meeting with BlackRock in New York last year. That process has continued, culminating in the announcement that we saw today. And essentially the government ministers, because we're such a small country, are our biggest brand ambassadors as well. And they've been selling this dream of 100% renewable energy by 2030 to bank on our clean green image. But it is so hard to hit that target. Even the Climate Change Commission is, says that's highly ambitious. But we've, you know, but we're getting to 95% even is going to be hard. But now there is $2 billion banking on that promise. Amelia, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank right. you. $2 billion. Do your maths. Do your maths, right? Basically, we know in the UK, if somebody got vaccinated, it cost yourself, which is quite amusing, being a taxpayer, about six grand. Yeah? 
the cost of yep. you vaccinating, getting vaccinated, boosted, or whatever you did, with all the insundry of crap that you followed and everything else, it cost about £6,000 a head. Yeah. So if you only... Now, how many millions are there in a billion, Johnny? 1,000. 1,000, right? So if a million UK people got vaccinated, that's 6,000 times a million. That's 6 billion. That's only mm -hmm. for 1 million. And what do BlackRock invest in? Vaccines. Oh, bugger me. So for 1 million people and how much in the world's population? Hang on. They're seen as the company that's got its foot in most of the world's businesses. And how much of the world's population do you think got vaccinated? Well, that that number is uh, up in the air. We have the mainstream numbers and then we have the real numbers. We don't know. So okay, I, let's take I let's take a fantasy I'm, number. Okay, I'll, I'm going to go. That with, got, let's take a minimum. Okay, all right. So I'll go with um, I'll go with 65. I'm just picking 65%, a number. 65 percent, even yeah, if it's with 50 percent of the world, you're talking billions of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So billions times six thousand. Yeah. Hang on, and they're giving two back. Two billion. Yeah. Is petty cash. So yeah, you're going to trust them. Uh -huh, thank you very much. Go. Take your head for a shit, boys. I'm not interested. And it's interesting That's how really they're bad. gonna yeah, they're gonna saddle the, the New Zealand taxpayer with the rest of that because they say, oh, Well, yeah, the yeah, government's yeah. our biggest investors. Where the hell do you think they get the money? They steal well, it from you. They've actually just stolen it from on a global way through the vaccination. And now they're doing what Gates has created, the philanthropy idea of thank you for all the money. Here's a little back. It's good to invest in this, and we're going to make another lot out of you. It's not good. You've got to be very, very careful, because who owns a lot of Ukraine, by the way? Oh, who um, owns the debt of Ukraine? Uh, that'd be BlackRock, I believe. That would be BlackRock, yeah. wouldn't it? I believe BlackRock so. owns the debt of Ukraine. So for all that crap that's going over there, uh, Ukraine are going to be paying that if they come out of this as Ukraine to BlackRock. And they've been selling their land off to those GMO giants as well. I wonder. I, I wonder. This that's interesting. You you brought that up. Okay, so let's let's just look at this in context for just a moment. Okay, so mm. you heard you heard in that report that I just played. You heard that one of the <clears throat> reporters, air quote reporters. When I say reporters, I'm talking about the people they stick up there to ask all the wrong questions. The uh, the reporters that asked that um, that BlackRock representative. You guys have been doing some businesses with or some business with blacklisted companies in China. Is this your way of greenwashing, you know? And of course, they call the next guy up there to, to handle the question. I wonder, um, is BlackRock on the hook for some of those properties you were talking about and some of those EVs in China? I'm just curious. I mean, I, I don't know I, if we know well, that They've not, got their foot in everywhere. They do, yeah. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? It does. You know, if you've got blacklisted companies over there and they're, they're doing if, if anybody, Like I said years ago, anybody's got any iota of what they want their money invested in. The trouble is, if you look into any pension fund or bank or whatever, you will probably find BlackRock staring at you if you go deep enough. Or Vanguard you know? or State Street, which BlackRock owned by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's incredible. But yes, that statement about them being the biggest, nastiest thing out there. Yeah, they, got their, they play both sides of the fence. They play every angle. So yeah, 
So if they if they're actually going out and saying, "Oh yes, we're invested in this. We're putting two billion towards it," they can actually use their petty cash to fund the whole lot. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of uh, of green projects, let's uh, let's move on to this, right? So let's bring it back up to the northern hemisphere and let's let's take it down to the uh, the place that you're going to be driving to over the weekend. Let's take it to London. You're familiar with a a former television presenter, of course you are, named Jeremy Clarkson. Yes, you know the car guy. Mm. Yeah. Old Jeremy. Yeah. 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 Well, he put out a piece on um, on his um, his TikTok thing earlier this week. And I, I don't I don't do the TikTok thing. I, I don't like it at all. But he makes an interesting point about what they're wanting to do in London for this ULES thing, this um, uh, whatever it is. They're, oh, they're, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're wanting to tear down part of the um, they're wanting to tear out like all the trees in one end of, of town. Well, anyway, I'll just let him explain it because of the green agenda and what they're going to do to. Well, to be more climate friendly or environmentally friendly, whatever. Here it is. This is Holland Park in London. One of the most beautiful streets in London because of all the trees that line it. Uh, And these are trees that the mayor of London wanted to pull down um, to make way for a cycle lane. Well, he can fuck off. I mean, the man's obviously deranged. You can't pull trees down so that people can cycle. I mean, I know that cycle lanes now are seen as the single most important thing in the world by all those lunatics with five hardened bananas on their head and a little GoPro. But they don't fuck off. They're not. I was just coming just now into London on the A40. Well, they've taken one of the lanes away to make a cycle lane. Massive traffic jam resulting from it. And stuck in it is an ambulance. Someone is dying of a heart attack somewhere up in Acton. Ambulance can't get there because they're building a cycle lane. We live in absurd times. Absurd. In Hyde Park... They took half the road away to make a cycle lane, even though there was already a cycle lane running parallel to it 30 feet away. So now there's a choice of cycle lane when you're in Hyde Park. Why? If when you get to work and you cycle there and you need to make up for the calories that you've lost by cycling and you have an avocado that's been flown from, I don't know, the other side of the world, you'd be better off environmentally going to work in a Humvee. And this information is not coming from my head. It's coming from the Guardian newspaper. That's where I found it. The Guardian will tell you that cycling means you have to eat to get the calories you need to ride a bicycle. Is anyone paying any attention to any of this? No, they're not. We must have cycle lanes. It's good for the environment. No, it isn't. It isn't. Oh, and here's another thing. The cycle lane that we're going to build along here, okay? Four and a bit miles, 42 million pounds. That's what they were quoted. So you can't charge 40. That's 10 million pounds a month for just painting a little bicycle on the road. (laughs) 10 million pounds a mile. And they're going to tear out all those trees to put a cycle lane in. Yeah, that's very green. But the the reason he threw that avocado in there, you see, the way he doesn't really, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. get an avocado that comes from the other side of the world. It's not just the other side of the world. The whole avocado thing, right? It takes, it consumes a hell of a lot of water. These avocado, a lot of water, and where they're grown, basically, what they do is they 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 take the lo- local water supply 
a way to grow all these away from the people. They sell the water back to the people via water tankers that are having to be shipped in. So they totally destroy whatever. They use the ground level waters going down, everything for an avocado. People, the avocado as saying, well, there's so much goodness in this. Yes, nature will grow things and they always grow in a natural area where things are available. Obviously, there has to be water in abundance for these. Just because somebody fashionably said, well, there's this in it, this in it, this and this, and it's good for you. Oh my God, it goes through the roof, but it's, it's like everything else. It's not ecologically sound. It's not ecologically friendly. It footprint is a nightmare that doesn't mean the actual food is bad it's the human footprint that's bad with it that uses it the greed for making money and it the indigenous people suffer all the time if you've got a conscience which for some reason that has wandered off with everybody else's common sense it's taken the same holiday you know what i mean it's just ridiculous uh, common it, sense goes yeah. on holiday i didn't know that <laughs> yeah it did yes i mean their intelligence is no good without common sense it's the balance in fact and then when the conscience goes where have you gone i can't handle all this that's gone on holiday too it so has, what do you yeah. get these people who think they are bright because they're keeping up with what's fashionable or what they just hear and they blip and they follow and they thinking well yeah i'm clever yeah right okay mate no problem yeah, you're another Darwinian piece of paper. So yeah, yeah. the Darwin Awards. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, and this is this is not exactly a Darwin Award, uh, or maybe it is. I'm not sure. This is breaking. Star Alabama basketball talent Caleb White has died at the age of 17 after collapsing during an on-court workout. Okay, that's another athlete to the notch. Yeah, thousands I, of them be going out the window. Yeah, yeah. I watched a uh, Bruce and I watched over the uh, uh, over the last couple of days. There was a tennis match that was in Florida, or no, I'm sorry, the state of Washington, the state of Washington. So all the way up there, you know, just south of British Columbia, you know, just south of Vancouver, yeah, all the way up there, uh, where it's the average temperature has been, I don't know, uh, 70 degrees Fahrenheit over the last, I don't know, month or so. So it's not exactly heat exhaustion. Nice tennis and cool. player, yeah, number number nine in the world. Uh, Chinese guy, but Chinese origin, but he's U.S. national now and playing for the U.S. Collapse right there on the court. World number nine. Yeah, but and what and what will be the news reports on this? Unknown. Heat exhaustion. Heat exhaustion. <laughs> Heat exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, but that little pump you've got called a heart, or hang on, it's not feeding enough oxygen to your brain as well, which is probably having a problem. Sorry, this horrible, horrible. Not it's not the virus because it's been around for too long. People, this virus has been here for decades. What they may have twisted and released and give it another boost out there um, might have been a bit worse. And But that just changes and, yeah, fundamentally, we can cope with it. But we cannot cope with the genetic therapy that they give you. We are not designed for that because that changes. We're coded just like a computer, but in a bit more complicated way. There are so many, so many letters within the genetic inscription, if you look at it. And there aren't that many. And it doesn't take much to make a change. And we have the ability, and we've had it a long time, to splice it, add, take away, or do whatever. And we're living in really, really awkward times because the people that use it don't seem to have a conscience. Well, we are coming up on time here. Do you have any final points you'd like to uh, get into? Yeah, I'd before? like to do a positive, positive thing for you. Yeah, go ahead, because I have a surprise for you at the end. 
<laughs> Europe are in I... to- talks with Venezuela, do you know, over oil? I did not know that, no. Oh, yeah, oil and gas. Europe are in talks with Venezuela. Good idea. Stop the sanctions, I say, because that's what's get- kept that poor nation poor. They have the world's biggest oil reserves, do I believe, Venezuela? Per capita, yes, they do. Yeah, they do, don't they? There's loads down there, isn't there? Mm-hmm. They have more and than yet, the Saudis. And yet they're poor. Yeah. Well, that's because of their former government. Yeah. And all sorts of other shite, underlying shite that goes mm-hmm. on. Yeah. And I'm not dragging I'm not dragging the West into it, but it is time to get in cuddly with these guys because at the end of the you day cannot. You cannot. Well, you're gonna have to try and do something. No. Even if it's to sort them out. You can't you can't well, you're gonna have to if if you're talking about that, that's a whole other conversation in and of itself because you've got I an know. embed You've got an embed of organized crime that's been in there since the mid '60s. So, oh, we've got a, but believe we've me, we've got the Biden had, mafia in the USA. We do, but that's part of the same cartel. You, I, I had just on a on a personal note, I had uh, a man and his son from Venezuela sitting in my living room about six to eight months ago, and we had a long conversation about this. Oh um, no, no, South as, America is is pretty. It's always been an evil campus. I mean, you look at Argentina, but the West have a way of just being as criminal. And so do, I don't know why I say West, West, East, whatever. Everybody's a criminal bugger at the moment because of the way, and it, it's all about, well, I don't know. It's all, it's just, it's just greed. It's just knacking. Why do people just have to mess each other over? I mean, you're not, you're not achieving anything other than your own demise eventually. And somebody else will just step in. If Europe has an oil crisis, there's only one place they need to turn to in order to fix that problem, and that would be the United States. That's a problem solved. Well, well, South, yeah, I know. South America needs to... Well, like I say, there's going to be so much going on there. It's South America and Africa, and that is going to be the focal points, and that is where your polarization of the world is going to eventually be. Who has what and control of what? It's all down to that. And it is going to get polarized. You can see that coming, and it's not very happy that ends because that's swinging back, and that's going back sixty years. That, that is just no. What I mean to what it was like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're just going to be going back through the same vicious cycle. But that was just something. <laughs> I really wanted to have a look into. Obviously, I always do the UK because we are a bit of a bugger, aren't we? I want because Siemens in. Siemens Gamesa, which is Germany, I think. It is. Siemens yeah. Energy. Siemens yeah. Energy. <laughs> they, oh, they're stock bottom <laughs> down, didn't they? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, when you invest in uh, in, in useless wind farms and uh, yeah. uh, solar yeah, panels. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that obviously triggered me to go for a wind farm look about because we are the island of wind farms. Yeah. We are the island of wind farms. Do you know how many wind turbines we have in the UK? Honestly, I don't know. I, I honestly, yeah, I know you got a bunch of them. Okay, onshore, we've got about nearly 9,000. Okay, offshore? We've got over 2,500. Oh. We have got best part of 11,500 wind turbines. Actually, that is quite a lot of electricity. That is actually quite a lot of electricity. But yeah, it's, if I mean, can get it to work. The, perks yeah. of the, the actual perks of being an island is we have a lot of wind. Well, yeah, that's but, true. You guys do have a lot of wind there. Yeah, we have a lot of wind. So at once, yeah. So basically, in some respect, but they, they're they a money pit. They're, they're going to be a money pit because the maintenance of them, the lifetime of them, they're getting rid of them. We've, they're gravestones. We've got 11,500 gravestones, yeah, basically standing up there. But it, it's becoming a problem. There's a lot of energy firms now seeing that they cannot maintain them. They cannot. The bottom is falling out of it because... Due to the vaccine, most of the governments haven't got any money. 
Well, that's okay. They need another pandemic then. They need to get <laughs> need to get some more money flowing. They got to open the coffers back up. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think at one stage you could because the thing that always amused me is when somebody put out this thing that over twenty percent of the national electricity was generated at one stage over the last couple of years by wind turbines, and that that is quite a lot. It is. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of wind turbines, though. But that's that a lot of greystones. Yeah, those things are going to rust in place. Did I? Did you hear earlier this week we talked about there was there was a wind turbine here that got knocked over during well a bunch of them got knocked over during a windstorm. Knocked over. Yeah, during a windstorm. I, I actually have video of it if you if you want to see. Uh, it. Why doesn't one add up? Were they actual cardboard cutouts? They weren't real. Oh no, they were real, uh, and they you know, they did they did fall over. This is the this is the after it fell over, of course. But this was the uh, where the actual, was that? This was in Rostock, Germany. You know, as you can German see, German engineering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was built by Siemens or something. <laughs> 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 it was one thirty in the afternoon, and oh, oh, there's there she goes right over, and uh, that's all she wrote. Okay, it was that windy. Two of them weren't even turning. Yeah, they, they're not even turning. You know, there's still and so the one that was turning was the one that went over. Yes. And it was right next to its neighbor. Yes. Um, yeah, okay. Often I've actually seen one of them come down like that. That's quite interesting. What's even more interesting is the ones that catch on fire in the U.S. down near Bruce. That's actually kind of interesting because it creates like these sm- these black smoke rings as it's going round and round. Seeing <laughs> <laughs> so trying to take a fan- fancy smoking set. Yeah, it's like this black coil that just kind of gets pushed <laughs> through the sky. It's kind of funny, but if it wasn't so damn serious. Uh, yeah, that is just that is just basically poor workmanship totally i mean the, you don't expect that out of the out of the germans they've always been no on point for crap uh, no but i do expect it out of everything now yeah I do. everything yeah, because basically nobody manufactures anything of decent in fact i was probably most of the parts came from china for that guaranteed yeah just ridiculous but hey well, that's well, that. On with your surprise. That, that, oh no, I was just oh, yeah. about to say that's that's oh, yeah. it for me. I was going to no, skip no, it. no, 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 <laughs> no. I can't let this one go. I cannot let this one go. And then he slipped good. out the door there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about climate change. We've talked about all of this this stuff that you know pushing uh, agendas by the World Economic Forum and everything else, right? We talked about air protein before. I vaguely mentioned this a couple of weeks ago with Marty, but I actually got to your. Uh, television network and i got the actual footage of it this was from channel four who visited a business called good harvest listen to this this will solve all of our ecological problems with uh, animal protein i couldn't wait to see the mysteries that lay inside how do you solve the cost of living crisis with engineered human meat it sounds like magic and this is where the magic happens The Good Harvest processing plant has been up and running for over eight months. It contains both industrial and clinical operations on a site the size of four football pitches. Are you Mick? I certainly am. Pleased to meet you, Greg. Very good to meet you. I'm here to learn. Right. Come this way and I'll show you how it all works. I want to see everything. Oh, you will. (laughs) Mick Ross oversees the production line and is in charge of over 60 full-time staff who engineer roughly 50,000 steaks every day. 
So come on then, Mick. How on earth do you grow human meat? I want to introduce you to our nutrient vat. Hello, nutrient vat, Greg Wise, <laughs> telepresenter, and your job is? Well, what its job is, it processes thin slices of tissue in a nutrient-rich mix, which you see here, and then cells start to grow. So over a 24-hour period, these will slowly fuse together into one great big, what we call a cake. So you're telling me that that is human flesh? Exactly. But why human meat? Why not animal meat? That's a very good question. We've got centuries of knowledge of human medicine at our side. We know more about humans than we do about animals. So we've mastered engineering human cells to make these structured flavours and sinews that we expect from the flavours of steaks we eat. That's right, a protein made from human cells that promises to be cheaper and tastier than any of its competitors. I'm Greg Wallace and I'm off to visit Good Harvest where a whopping six tonnes of human meat is engineered every day. That is stunning. With the promise of cheap meat for all, it may well be the meaty miracle we need to ease the squeeze of the cost of... There you go. Human meat, that's going to fix everything. And that's really not open for really dodgy... So when they want to come down to recycling humans... To skip the nutrient path. <laughs> yeah, to skip the nutrient path. Hey, uh, climb in this tub over here. It's it's good for you. It's healthy. Yeah. You're about to expand over a period of a week yeah. into, into a, a loaf. Times your yeah. size. <laughs> we've oh, we've man, gone mad. Just... We've gone mad. We've gone absolutely. Yeah, mad. and the nice thing about that is it looks like it's done in a in a industrial unit in the middle of fucking nothing nowhere. And yes, eight months that's been going. That was they actually, never ask who funds them, do they? No, they never. I can only imagine. I, I bet it's. I bet it has something to do with a, a certain investment firm and uh, and a, a charitable philanthropist. Yeah, um, probably from earlier. Oh, it, Gates will have his foot in there. Yeah, that's what I meant by charitable philanthropist. Yeah. This piece was aired on Channel Four a couple of weeks ago in the UK, and the backlash from it, the the public outcry that Channel Four got back from this was quite substantial. And then a couple of days later, they made a public statement and they said, oh, no, sorry, that was just satire. We didn't really mean any of that stuff, but it, it was a satire piece. And that was, that's all they've said about it. I don't believe that it was satire. I believe they were just doing it to be, you know, to cover themselves. Well, but if you're going to do something satire nowadays, you put out a disclaimer. A disclaimer. Yeah. yeah, yeah you you would front. put a disclaimer before that. They didn't. Yeah. So Simple. I it's tend funny, to though. think that that was... In fact, I uh, that's not a problem. I'm glad Channel 4 put it out there, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad they did too, because that kind of shows what's because, really... No, because at the yeah. end of the day, yes, even even if it was satire, the, there are firms out there and they have been... In fact, there's about... what I looked into it. There's about 150 firms out there that are making non-natural meat. Yeah, and selling it off, and they've got the go-ahead to sell it to restaurants first. Funny enough, before supermarkets. Yeah, and that's a really weird way, really weird law that is. Well, I I think because in the in the restaurants they probably won't get as much pushback as they would in the supermarkets. The supermarkets would just sit there. Do you remember Beyond Meat? Right? Oh, so you yeah, so you got a regularly test subject there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you've got one that's that's already there. You got a live test subject sitting right there as yeah, opposed yeah, to and it's free. an it's actual free. consumer. Well, 
yeah, yeah, as, a, yeah as opposed to a consumer making a choice the company beyond meats actually i believe they're they're on the verge of bankruptcy but they had these uh they had this problem of um it's going to sound kind of uh, immature to somebody that has an immature mind but they had the problem with these uh sagging sausages <laughs> so, like the they they just wouldn't quite hold their shape and then they would be kind of like slumped over in the box at the supermarket in the package and so people would see that and they would be just visually turned off by it. they're like i'm not gonna eat that and so yeah, yeah it's just yeah it's, no, it's deal, no, stuff. No, yeah, yeah i fully get it yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, it's been a great conversation, my friend. Uh, kind of off the cusp, but those are usually the best ones that we have. But we'll see you for a couple of days next week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. I'll um, I've, I'll come up with a non-political, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I got a few things that we can discuss here, and it's not time sensitive. One. Yeah, it's not time yeah. sensitive. But anyway, have a good weekend. Uh, hope that uh, you and yours have a uh, wonderful party, and I hope that uh, I hope you you get something to eat. I know you're not going to be eating pizza, so I I hope that you don't starve for the evening. Oh, no chance. No. Well, no if, chance. if you I'll do, if you do get hungry, there's uh, there's good harvest there. I'm sure that they've got some <laughs> stuff for you. At 99 pesos. 99p a slab that's it you got it all right my friend it's been an absolute pleasure we'll see you next week thank you for being here this evening thank you to all of the listeners god bless everyone and have a great evening it's been a pleasure good night guys